0: Welcome to Executive Tools. This week, part two of the Executive Waypoint. And I would
1: say, look, here's the preparation. It's about an hour a day for a week or so. Could be two weeks. Depends on how you want to do it. And once I look at right. this, some people will say, oh, I could do that in blank. For me, it was an hour a day for closer to like seven days, seven business days.
0: Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um,
1: the first thing you want to do is, and we talked about this a little bit, is have some key conversations and just assume you're taking notes here, okay? Because yeah, it's important to take notes because you're going to reread them, you're going to go through them, you're going to annotate them, and you're going to Whew. use them to create yeah. insights. So, for goodness sakes, take some yeah. notes, okay? Good. Um, okay. First of all, you should get the concerns and the needs of the people in, in the company leadership And the board, depending on where you are in the company. Now, I would submit, Mark, that most executives already know this stuff, (laughs) right? Okay. Um, I mean, you should pretty much know where everyone above you is kind of thinking, right? I know my head of sales really wants me to roll out that lead management system we haven't rolled out, right? And that's his job one, and he's on me about it, right? Um, the head of product development, she really wants me to get that feedback process on the products. Right. Um, you know, but I would say that if you don't have an updated view of what the CEO really has top of mind and things like that, for goodness sakes, have the conversations, ask the questions and write it down. Okay. 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 Makes sense.
0: All right. Yeah. That's an easy one. We're starting internal. We're starting internal in the company, people above you, the people who drive your work, but also set the, the yeah. course for the organization, okay? I would
1: have a conversation with my boss, and I would ask her about my blind spots, okay? And the way okay. I do this, and Mark, what happens when you go to your boss, a busy boss, and say, can I have some feedback on my performance?
0: Oh, my God. You, you're not suggesting you ask that. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's a joke, no. right? Yeah, because literally you can't do that. They no, can't. you can't. No.
1: No, because you get uh, go away or, right, yeah. you know what? You're doing great. Just,
0: you're doing great. You everything's know, great. You're, everything's fine. Great, you're right? fine. Which could mean anything. You know, yeah, exactly. And you know, you know how you'll know if it's not fine, I'll tell you. Right. That's <laughs> I'll great. tell you. That's not, I'll tell
1: you that day when HR is in the room with us. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> it's dark. I, um, I, I would Did say, that, didn't you have somebody say you were getting cynical? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah.
1: So, uh, I would, I would go to her and I would say, Hey, look, I really want to talk to you about blind spots. I'm going to do this little process. I'm kind of thinking about my own goals. I'm going to throw some time on your calendar for Wednesday. Can you do some thinking between now and then? I'm really am yeah, interested good. in what you think about things I should be working on. Right. Does that sound right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's so good. that's the way I do it. I would do it with my, my, uh. And how
0: many out of a hundred, dude, how many out of a hundred mid-level managers, junior executives ever do that with their boss? I have a number.
1: Not too many. I'd say single it's digit. It's
0: really I I would say a single digit. <laughs> one out of a hundred. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I, I I don't I just don't believe that no, one out of a hundred. Yeah. It's, so it took me a while
1: before I did it, you know. Um yeah. And then the other thing there. is if you have a mentor or somebody in the company that kind of has has guided you and things like that, add them to the
0: list. Sure. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, Good. Would con- you suppose suppose you supported the trading floor? I'm using an example from Wall Street. That was that was 50% of your internal customer. You talk to your boss. Let's say your boss is the CTO. You talk your mentor who's the COO, let's say, for the, a particular division. Okay. Would you talk to your internal customer who's super powerful, who you're really kind of two levels below? I would. Let's say a guy or gal who's in line to be CEO in five years, maybe?
1: Yeah, I would go wrong on the side of over-inclusion. Um, yeah, good. But okay. I would be a little careful about the conversation that it's not, um, if you rub this lamp, you get three wishes. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, I totally agree. So, yeah.
1: you know, and I, I would say, look, I'm doing some planning for myself Tell right. me what
0: I can not, you know, what can I build for you yeah. in the next year? You um, got to be careful about ask. Yeah. If you ask somebody a couple levels up this, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Do the thing you said you'd do six months ago. Exactly. That's all I need. I'll tell you what your blind spot is. <laughs> me. Exactly. And you I'm about to give you, you another got blind a product. Spot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. Um, now you also mentioned Francine. I assume loved ones in here as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's
1: obviously the most, probably the most important conversation you're going to have is how are we doing together here, you know? um, Particularly if, you know, you have, look, you're an executive, you know, whether your spouse um, also works or doesn't, you're making sacrifices for one another and you're asking for things from one another every single day. And um, particularly if busyness is starting to take over, you know, my quote unquote, um, my job performance as a dad was slipping a little bit. And she said, hey, Dan, you you, you think you're there. But, you know, the BlackBerry is right. out, you know, um, you know, don't do that. Um, yeah, so, exactly. So, yeah, I would absolutely add loved ones to this. You know, it was really a conversation with, you know, people in my family that made me kind of take things offline for a while for my parents and things like that. So, yes, this is an important conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, good.
1: And, and and Mark, why are you doing it? You know, we're doing one-on-ones, right? We're manager-tools managers. Right. Um Add, add a conversation with your directs in that says, hey, what's working for you here? And what are some things, you know, if if we had a chance, what are some things you'd like to do more of? And, um, you know, I just, I just, I'm looking at the organization going forward. Do you have any suggestions for me? Anything like that? Just take those notes. Right. Okay. Um, and, you know, you're taking notes at your meetings anyway, right? Right. Just, you know, yeah. just, Cut out a little piece of your uh, your one on one notes that now, week and pile
0: them now up. Now, your wife, your wife Francine, I know her well. She's <laughs> the lawyer, um, very accomplished. Um, you know, you you don't approach your spouse the same way you do your boss or whatever. But <laughs> but but answer the question that's probably tickling the back of some of our audience mind right now, which is, how did she respond? Was she appreciative that you were? Sharpening the saw, so to speak, to call it Stephen Covey phrase. Did she give? She, did she kid you? Did you had to? Did you have a role with it? What was the? How did she respond? Well, first of all, she was absolutely fine with it.
1: Okay, okay. Um, yeah. she was um, supportive. She was glad that we were having the conversation and that I asked about it. She was glad that I was reassessing things that were going on. But, right. you know, we talk about we, – we kind of have a partnership where I talk about work at home. I'll say, wow, I have this yeah, situation yeah. that's going on. Unless it's, like, super, super, super confidential or something like that. Well, yeah. But in general, rare. you know, she's always been – you know, she's on my board of directors, right? And And so yeah. she – She's helped she's the me. the chairman. She, obviously, she's the chairperson. Exactly, yeah, right? Exactly. So, you know, she helps me make decisions. And sometimes she helps me more than other times. But uh, yes. but no, no, she was, I mean, she certainly, there was humor involved. I mean, she gave me a hard time. Like, uh, yeah, like sure. oh, wait, oh, wait, you just woke up? You know, like, you know. Um, but, uh, but she was great. I mean, it, it's something that we, it wasn't a conversation that came out of the blue, Mark, for us. It's yeah. something that we we kick around you know, a couple of times a month.
0: You yeah. know,
1: let's talk about the business and where I'm taking it. What do you think about this? Do you think I'm doing this? And I can't tell you how many, t- I mean, Francine probably saved my job 14 times by saying, you're not going to send do that, that email tonight, don't, are you? Don't, no,
0: no, don't do that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. You might want to wait till the morning before you respond to that,
1: <laughs> okay?
0: <laughs> love so, it, um, love it. So that, you know, Francine. Okay. Instance, all right, so you've gotten some conversations you've taken some notes and now you're going to reflect on it. Um yeah. This is interesting. I I think this would be my weak spot. The the reflection and the notes. Um I think I'd have a natural little bit of defensiveness there that would that would cause me to do what I I find fault in with other people which is when when my wife or my boss were to say well I'd like more of X versus Y I'd say well, there's a good reason why I'm doing X or Y. I, I really do have it's not like I just stumbled into this. I'd have to, I'd have to really steal myself for yeah. a real self analysis and be truly self-critical without without being yeah. flagellating.
1: It's I like think. the times where I've destroyed brainstorming sessions by immediately countering somebody's
0: idea. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that won't work. Yeah. I, we, we tried that 13 years ago before you were born. That, one, that doesn't work. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I, I like to take this stuff and, and I go through it again and I annotate it basically as my reflection. Yeah. But then I think about things like, um, you know, the stuff that's more out of, you know, how will you measure your life or the road to character or, you know, books like that. Of, yeah.
0: Oh, you know, Clayton Christensen's where, really, really good. You know,
1: where am I in the world right now? And and what do I want to be doing? I mean, it, it, it's a little I don't know, um, kind of heavy. But um, right. But certainly if there's a time to think about it, you're about to make some big changes, this is a good time to think about it. Right, um, yeah. And who do you need to be for your family? And who do you need to be for your team? And are you being that person? And, and sometimes there were times when, you know, we were going through a merger and I'm doing this process and I was like, you know, I've been a little bit more open with my feelings and I should be with my team and open with my stress. And it's been this part, this part of the thinking has made me say, ah, you know what? Let me just write down some things here that I might want to change about that.
0: Does that Uh, make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Because sometimes when the wind's blowing hard, you turn toward the wind yeah and as an
0: executive, it's not really the right thing to do if that makes no, sense. No, it's not the right thing to do. Um, yeah, in fact, the part where you say, you know who, who do you need to be and who do you want to be? Um, my experience has been over and over and over again is that people say, okay, I can make a five percent change. can but I can't be somebody completely different. Of course. And my experience actually is that you can be anybody you want you absolutely can. You really can. A manager who's completely reactive and has gotten promoted because he or she had a great idea and maybe they're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm underwater. They could transform their professional life in a week. They don't see the path. They can't see to the other side. They can't see the sunny, the sunlit uplands of the future, but it absolutely can be done. And I, I would argue, the reason I'm saying that is because I would argue that you have to do something like this and go pretty deep to actually go. Yeah. You know, if I change this and I change this, then this wouldn't be happening and that wouldn't be happening. And I'd get some knock-on effects, what I call Tetris effects, where where you drop one of those long skinny ones right into the hole in between and like four layers go away, just chunk, 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 yep. chunk. Yeah. To me, that's what I would be excited about with this. Not that the changes I made would be good or bad. I assume they'd be good, but rather – the Tetris effects, that because I do these other things, I don't have time to do the stuff that was perhaps self-destructive. Yeah. 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 And,
1: you know, you know, I don't like to kiss your butt, Mark, but nah. one, one of the things that that you said to me that really – you said to me probably in 2006, maybe you buried it in a podcast, maybe it was an in-person conversation, right. that helped me all the way in 2014 when there was a regime Ooh. change at my company. Right and I was on the not favorable side of a large regime change was, right. I think he used the term, change the line on the bottom of your face, right? Uh, oh. Which is, and I went in there every single day, people would, I could see them reading my face because they knew that it was going to have an yeah. impact. And they're like, how are you doing with all this? I'm like, good. Good.
0: Good, yeah. it's changed, good.
1: man. I think, I think, I think, you know, we have some good people coming in here and I think it's looking good. And you know, that goes to the point of you can change your behavior in a yeah. significant yep. way. And that made a big difference for me in every way, including what happened to me after the regime change, which turned out to be super I, positive.
0: Yeah. And a lot of it was because yeah. I didn't push ahead. back. You're ahead of it. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, I would I would tell you I think there're a, a healthy number of people. I think they're r- more rare among executives, but they don't understand that you can behave your way into believing you can behave your way into feeling and everybody thinks, well, I don't feel that way. So therefore I can't behave that way. And I'm saying, I got to tell you, you're taking one of the tools out of your bag. And that is, I know I need to behave that way, but I don't feel that way. I've got a knowing feeling gap. And so therefore, because I need to feel that way, I'm not going to do it. Well, you can actually do it. And people say, well, I'm not being authentic. Actually, You are, if in fact your role is to do this thing and it's the right thing to do. Exactly. And then suddenly, a week or two later, you'll discover, I'm actually okay with that. I suddenly realize I'm used to it. I'm planning for it. And that's how some of this stuff happens. And and as an executive, and this is, you know, and some of this thinking look, we
1: made space for this thinking here just in the preparation process.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Because when I'm an executive, it's not about me. You know, if I'm having a bad day and I'm walking in a room full of junior people to have a conversation, some some new employees or something like that, my head is up. Up. Right? How are you, you guys be, doing? Yeah. What is going on with you? Yeah. Look at you guys. Yeah. Good morning. Say it louder. Good morning. Let me hear you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And And you don't feel, you may not feel like doing that, but I guarantee you, Mark, by the end of well, that session, ho, ho, ho. you feel better.
0: Well, think about your town halls. You did a bunch of town halls, right? Oh, yeah. I remember telling we, we, you said, hey, I need to know how to do town halls. I said, okay, well, okay, you do this. And he's like, yeah, okay, good. That was what I was thinking. You did a bunch of them, as I remember. You had hundreds of people in the room, as I recall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. And I can't imagine you getting up there and sort of stumbling around and looking <laughs> at your note cards or, I mean, right? It was a choice you made about, okay, I may not be feeling that, but here's what I need to do. In my role in order to be effective. And then suddenly I know a lot of people who I've coached over the course of my career who say, I knew what I had to be, how I had to behave. And I started behaving that way. And then suddenly I realized I wasn't thinking about behaving that way anymore. It wasn't, I had to think to do it, like crossing your arms the wrong way. They just Mm -hmm. figured out I'm doing it. Right. And it's a good, it's a good feeling. It's funny how people equate the role of executive with somebody that they're not. They may desire to be, but they somehow there's a gap between what that person is and who they are. And I can assure you folks, having worked with a lot of executives, any one of you listening could be a very effective executive. Absolutely. It's all about behavior.
1: It's all about yeah. behavior. You got to yeah. just be aware of the shadow you're casting there, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, good. So this is, we're, we're kind of coming to the end of like the, the note-taking prep. I want you right. to take maybe, you know, This is where you take an index card, and I, you know, this is you know when I did those I will statements. I will make time for my family. I will make time for strategy. You know, I I will work on the positivity of the team. Do a few of those. Right at this point, you know, even early on, we've just basically taken all the notes from all your conversations. And what are some things that you would like to see yourself doing in the target state? Okay. Yeah, do you right? So so have that right I, down th-
0: I th- thought we were going to have this in the rerouting thing, but you're actually suggesting before we go to the I am, rerouting, I am let's saying at least-
1: Right off the let's top. Let's move in
0: that direction. Write yeah. it down,
1: put it on index card, put it in your folder, and move on. Okay. Okay? Now, let's talk about- Are you,
0: are you thinking- I'm sorry, there are some high Cs in our audience. Are you mm-hmm. thinking 100 cards before we go to rerouting, or five or six? What? On those I will statements? Yeah, the I will statements.
1: Yeah, one if it does if they fit on if, if they are too many for one index card, you've done it wrong because you're not going to okay. change all that good. many things. Okay, at good. Least, that's good. At least good. I know I'm yeah. not right. Right. So you know, it's not two, everybody knows that. so two, that's good. Two, yeah. three, four,
0: five, something like that.
1: Right. Just yeah, some, Good. Okay. Some, a description of what yeah. the future state looks like makes sense. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, and and by the way, I I happen to like. Uh, uh, three by five cards because I, I probably work with 50 executives of the course of my career who used to carry three by five cards around with their key priorities on them in their shirt pocket. Yeah. And people were like, really? I said, yeah, the guy runs a $17 billion business <laughs> and he writes it down on the, on the index card. And he says, and every time he's going to give a speech, he reminds himself or she reminds herself what the three things she's going to say from an index card. Where's my speech card. She yeah. would say to me, where's my speech card. Where's my priorities card? Where's my people card? So, and, and you don't need it on your phone. And by the way, probably not good on your phone, actually. But anyway. Okay, good. So, we've reflected. We've maybe got a couple of these core imperatives, these I will statements. Yep. But now we're going to rerouting, right? Now, now, well, we're going to do a few more things. We're going to do. Oh, okay. First, right. we're going to do a little bit of logistics here. Okay. Okay.
1: And, uh, let's, let's, let's book the time and the place for our rewriting session.
0: Uh, okay. Got it. Got it. Fair. Okay. fair.
1: Okay. So, uh, quiet time
0: uninterrupted and look, so I can't do this in my own home in the holidays. If I've got <laughs> a spouse and kids, <laughs> I
1: would say no, because you, no. you won't be a yeah. very nice person to them.
0: If yeah. You're... But I wouldn't be uninterrupted either. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, that's yet yeah.
1: Right. Okay. Um, and, um, You know, when you you think of solitude, right, it's a state of mind in which you're isolated from the input of other minds. Okay. Okay? And that's, you know, that's right at the book, you know, books like Lead Yourself First, The West Point Uh Lecture, you know, those sorts of things, right? Right. All about solitude. And if you are leading people, you need to separate your mind from the gravity pull of other minds periodically.
0: Yeah. So you're not suggesting... That on one Friday when you know everybody's got to go at 5 o'clock because it's Christmas. You're not suggesting that I stay in the office at my desk on a Friday evening, even if everybody's gone. Probably Um, less effective.
1: I I think it is, Mark, because I think just from an energy perspective.
0: Right, exactly. You're going to see all those people in your head all the time.
1: Yeah, you're going to be doing some, right. First of all, you're coming right off a bunch of conversations, right? And that stuff's going to pop back into your head no matter what and you're going to be doing some system 2 thinking this stuff is hard yeah especially if you're super busy right yeah. so separate yourself from the office i used to go into the office when nobody was there i talked about that nice big table is a great room to book if you have you know it could be your dining yeah. room if nobody's home whiteboards right. nice to have lots of notepads but indispensable is a boatload of post it notes
0: Okay. okay. Post-it notes are your weapon of choice. They're here. my weapon yeah. of
1: choice. I'm not, you know, I'm not advertising 3M, right? But yeah. um, but I, I, I do think that they help me envision what's going on. You could do the same thing with index cards, but you may be a small wind away from setting yourself back.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> a right? small wind. I so- love that.
1: Yeah, okay. So, so I would say, uh, I, I I like post-it notes. And whatever else allows you to focus. For me, Mark, I yeah. have to, I think until it hurts, and then I pace or I walk. I go out for a walk. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, c- cigars do it for me. <laughs> I got to have at least a pot of coffee.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if it's morning. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, um, solid.
1: Okay. Uh, so, so, you know, that sort of thing. So book it. Just book it. Okay? Right. So that's it. Very simple. And before you go, I just want you to do a little bit of scavenger hunt and put a few more things in your folder. Okay. okay. First of all, the, all the notes you took, don't forget them.
0: Right. Okay.
1: okay. Um, if you have your organization's objectives, a lot of companies do this goals cascade thing, Mark. Sure. It right? yeah. starts at the top. Right? Yeah. By
0: all means. Manage by objective.
1: By OKRs, all means. Bring that KPIs. stuff. KPIs. Yeah. Right? You bring that stuff. Bring your objectives. Your own personal objectives, your organization's objectives. You have a company strategy statement, you're an executive, you gotta have that with you.
0: Yeah, right,
1: right. Also, if there's any key documents about the marketplace, sometimes you get strategy like I used to always get research strategy about where wealth management was going and things like that. Right, so I would sur- I would always circle those articles, circle things, and I would throw those in the folder for sure. sure. Okay, um. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. want to
0: you want to be fully marinated in the the ecosystem that your organization swims in. Here you go.
1: Four yeah. four aspects. You want to be fully marinated personal, right? Professional, organizational yeah. and yeah. company and industry. Because okay. you want to look across the entire topography. Yeah. If you're make, if you're changing course and think about those things, right, Mark, right? Personal Professional, right? Organizational and company. They're interdependent, especially if you're an executive.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't think you change any one of those four without having an effect on by definition, all the other three. You can get away with changing things if you're a manager, but not if you're an executive. Right. And this is where I have the conversation
1: with with people that I've worked with in the past. They're like, oh wait, I reset goals every year anyway. I'm like, yeah, they're the they're the goals that Uh, get cascaded. Well, I add a few more. I said, are you looking across all these 4 like, well, no, no, no. It's com- you know, my work life is separate from the other <laughs> things that I'm doing. And then, you know, I give them right. a few examples like, oh, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, or uh, uh, three. You, if you have a 360 mark, it's a great thing to bring. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, or any yeah. performance review. This is the one I love the most. I print out org charts. I love org charts. Right. I love them. I, love, I can't look at an org chart without immediately thinking of a million things I want to do.
0: Okay. Right.
1: So, I org like charts. It. Yeah. Above, side to side, below. Okay. okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. A list of key relationships, and and this is something that I usually build, and sometimes I use Excel, sometimes I just use a Notepad. I do name, the role to me, like my biggest customer. Right. Okay. Um, Head of finance, you know, colleague in infrastructure, you know, I'll just put down. And then I I usually do like a red, amber, green, (laughs) like red is, I really need to spend more time with this person. Right. All right. You know, and and you can kind of go from there for amber and green. Yeah, right. And then one of the other things I, I will add to that usually is
0: what job do they, what do they need me to be? Yeah, from their perspective. From their perspective. I wish perspective more people would and, get out of the get you know, out of their own head. Right. Yeah. To build re-
1: really build relationships, you look at yeah you look at it from this is a Clayton Christensen thing, right? You look at it from the job you need to do for that relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I, I'll have this little list of relationships. I'll do honestly, Mark. If you're spending more than fifteen minutes on it, you're probably down to like fourth level too far. Um, okay. Roles and responsibilities in your organization. Here's how I do this. I take my job description and then I parse it on how I assigned it out to the people who report to me. Because let's face it. Okay. That's really what yeah. you're doing. You're delegating your job description to other people. Right. right? Got it. And I like to bring that. Okay. Uh, while you're looking
0: at your directs, you have nine boxes or succession plans for them. Yeah. It's funny. I, you say nine box. I know what you mean, but there's thousands of people who are listening who don't. So it's a, it's a performance versus potential graph, right? With what looks like tic-tac-toe with square rounded. It. it does. Performance, performance versus potential. Is on the X and potential on the Y. And somebody who's in the top right is your top performer and still has more to give. Right. Somebody who's in the bottom right is a great performer, but probably doesn't have a lot of potential. They're, they're just in their role and they're going to stay there. The people you worry about are the... Uh, low performers, low potential, the low, call those lottery, lo- yeah. lo- lottery winners. Right? We wish they'd win the lottery and leave. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, good. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so, and, and also succession plans. Um, if you, if you haven't done any succession development or succession planning, that's something, you know, you, you're going to need to think about just have access to your calendar and then don't forget your yeah. little card with your, I will statements and that's it. Yeah. yeah. I will. Statements. So yeah, you got good. a little fat, you got a fat little folder here. Coming into your full day session, but now you're ready to go.
0: Yeah. Wow. I I, I just tell you, this is, but to me, to me anyway, it all coheres. It all hangs together. It all feels like, that's why I'm so excited to do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, And it seems like a lot, but remember the four axes, right? Your personal, professional, organizational, and your company. You really have to pull across the entire battlefield, you know? And uh, I think it's important that you look at all the aspects of it. If, you, if you're if you making big change, you're going to impact all those things. So that's why I – that's right. why I, over time – and this is something that I developed over time because I, I realized I was leaving things out. And the last thing was I was neglecting you – know, when I, I got to a senior executive, I was neglecting the industry stuff and my company strategy and things like that. And I realized, you know what, Dan? Right. You're missing it. And Believe
0: me, I had my boss told me about that, (laughs) you know? Yeah, um, you could probably get away without industry and company stuff if you're a frontline manager, but you can as an executive, you just can't do it. No, yeah, I couldn't. And I was told that. So what have we done thus far? Well, if you guys remember, Dan told us a great story about a lesson that he learned, uh, the origin story of the executive waypoint. And, uh, then he talked, step one was determining how to do it. And step two was preparation. And now really we're getting to step three, the core process and a new course. And the last step is to actually act. And I know Dan has some strong feelings about that because there's a lot of us. Okay. I say us, I meant that in a nice way. It's not me. I'm, I'm actually short on deliberation and long on let's go. Um, cause I'm a high D high I. But um, a lot of us have a tendency to prepare all this stuff and then spend some time thinking about it and mulling it over. And I got to tell you, folks, if you're an executive and you spend some time thinking about it and you don't pull the trigger, you're not going to be an executive for very long. It doesn't work. Um, Time is your greatest resource and your worst enemy. Time flies by when you're an executive. And as Dan was talking during his original origin story how he first did this he talked about doing this over the christmas holidays and then dan you implemented the first week you were back right
1: oh right away yeah
0: yeah and and if i remember correctly you actually said your people noticed like wow you're like on fire we're doing this and we're doing <laughs> that and so on Indeed. and and if you had waited until everybody else had gotten over their post holiday you know hangovers then they would have been busy too. But you just basically took the bull by the horns, took the reins, and um, yeah. I was that guy. Yeah. Ruined everybody's post-holiday swoon. Yeah, no, we got stuff to do. Well, (laughs) here's the thing. If you're not ruining everybody's post-holiday swoon, one of your competitors is. Indeed. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So we're on point four, which is uh, the the core waypoint process, which is rerouting. I want to just make one other point before we begin. You guys know me well enough. If you've been listening for 15 years, you know I do this, a brief tangent. Uh, and that is you're, you're going to go through this and you're going to prepare. And you're going to say that this is really great. I want you to remember something in your career as you're an executive. Dan had this insight on his own. This didn't come from a book. It didn't come from a class. It didn't come from manager tools. Dan did this on his own. And it's now a key part of his consulting firm, Arcturus Advisory Services. And you're going to have these same sort of things. One of the things in Horseman's Laws, I say, is that Horseman's Laws represents a lifetime of learning distilled down into a few key points. And I say right after that, what are your laws? What are your learnings? And you've got to be willing as an executive, if you want to make your organization better, you got to do what Dan did, which is to say, hey, I'm onto something here. I'm going to capture it. I'm going to think about it holistically a little bit, and I'm going to learn how to teach it to other people. Now, you may not be on a podcast that goes out to hundreds of thousands of people, but, but you've got to be able to teach your managers how to do this stuff. When you have your own insights, you don't assume that all knowledge in the world is outside of you because it's not. It's inside of you, and your experiences will call it out of you. So I, again, Dan, I'll just say thanks. It's a treat to do this with you and because uh, we're longtime friends. But it's really cool to see the Manager Tools community benefiting from another Manager Tools community member, you, as an executive and telling them, this is available to you. It work, It's worked for me for years. I've coached executives using this technique, and it works. Yeah, So I'm excited.
1: I'm excited to share it. And I'm really excited because we're at the best part of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything else has been like leading up to this. I I was disappointed we had to stop last time.
1: Yeah. So you pulled together all, you had all these conversations, you pulled together all this material. All right. And this is the core waypoint process. This is the one day session we asked you to set things aside for, Mm -hmm. right? This is your
0: rerouting. After this, you're on a different course. By the end of this day, actually. You know, I was going to ask you, why do you call it rerouting? Well, you're saying this is the moment where you've hit the waypoint and you're turning. This is it. At the
1: beginning of this day, you're going one way. At the end of this day, you've determined the new course. Yeah. Okay? And then once you act, you're moving there.
0: Yeah. I like that. Okay. So. Go. 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 It's a little hard for me, right?
1: Because this is the part where. I
0: walk around and it's a podcast and you can't do that. You can't, you can't really walk <laughs> around. We don't have headsets that your microphone. All right, I'm like, really excited about, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, because that's what you did in your, you talked about this. You laid out on your conference table, conference table, exactly. and you'd walk around and look at all this exactly. stuff visually.
1: So yeah. now I'm in my big empty conference room, I have my binder full of stuff or uh, probably a, a folder full of documents and notes that I took. And I had to be ready for a day of system two or deep thinking right? You have to be mentally ready for this. So a few things. One, try to be as well-rested as you can. I know you're an executive, so it's, you know, it's all relative, right? Yeah, (laughs) it's weak. So, um, and the second thing is, one time I did an early morning conference call the day before I did this, big mistake. Put me in the wrong mindset um, to do it. Probably took me two hours to downshift from the conference call. Reserve a day. Okay. Okay. Res- no, food.
0: In other words, nothing before.
1: Yeah, I don't think right. so. Yeah. Breakfast. That's yeah. about it. Right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Good. So All right. and again, you you make the point that you never did this at home.
1: I did it home the first time. The first time. Francine okay. took the kids
0: out. Oh, uh, okay. And okay, I had so their the dining room yeah. Okay. okay. After it. that it was always
1: sneak in and find an empty conference room, usually at a right. dead time. Okay. So you're gonna, we're going to work in two areas today. First thing we're going to do is we're going to take our, all of our materials and we're going to generate a bunch of insights and refine them, okay? Right. That's basically what are my takeaways from these things? We're going right. to list them. We're going to put them down. I'm going to explain how to do that.
0: So when you talk about all these insights, what you're going to do is ask – you're, you're going to put all your data together, start asking yourself questions about them, and your answers are going to be insights. And And it worries me a little bit. I think there are people sitting out there going – I don't think of my I don't think of myself as a terribly insightful person. I don't other people might tell me that, but but I, I don't think of that. I, I'm I'm a little bit worried that I'm gonna stare at all this stuff and I'm gonna go, I don't know.
1: Not to worry. This is gonna because flow.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, look at I wish guys, by the way, we're on a Zoom call here, so I can see Dan, which is usually not true when Mike and I record. We just do Skype without video. So I wish I had a picture of Dan's facial expression <laughs> when he said flow. Okay. And and the second thing you're gonna do is we're gonna distill all that
1: stuff into a couple of big decisions, and that's our course change. All right. Okay. So why right. don't we roll right into the insights part, Mark? Okay, good. Go yeah, on. sure. So generating insights, like I said, is not the hard part. You're be amazed at the flow. You really? might even have to time box yourself here. Okay. And I'll all give right. you an example of what this means. First of all, it involves post-it notes. Okay. okay. Um, right. And lots of them. And let, let me give you an example. Let's say I pulled one of the things I pull out of my folder from my prep materials is my last performance review. And I start going through, right. what do I all mean loose. by insights? Okay. It says, Dan, you need to spend more time with your largest customer. Bang, yeah, that's an insight.
0: That That's an insight. That's literally a, okay, I haven't been doing that, and now I need to do that. Exactly. And it came from my boss, so it's got special. It
1: came from work. my boss, exactly. Um, yeah. You need to develop a better relationship with Fred from finance because it's not working.
0: Dang, <laughs> that's an insight. Right. Okay? Now, let's be clear that y- y- you're lucky in that you had those kinds of comments on your performance review. A lot of performance reviews are pablum. They're yeah. just vague nostrums of nothingness. Yeah. And so so it's possible you'll get a performance review, guys, and you'll look at it and go, yeah, I am not. I didn't get the kind of stuff Dan got. That's okay. It's true. That's okay. But you have to look at your performance review is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. I, the performance review yeah. is one of the key parts yeah. of,
0: of whatever you're going to bring, right? Yeah.
1: Um, you it. may have some things that on the major side, the other side of the ledger, some things you want to remind yourself you need to keep doing. Like I walk around a lot. I stay in touch with every individual in the organization. I want to keep doing that. Okay, right. That could okay. be an insight as well. So you'll you'll grab a couple from there, and then you go to the next document. And let's say I pull off the org chart of the organization. Okay. <laughs> I love this. And part. and you know, an org chart to me, I mean, my mind just explodes. Mark, if I if I handed you an org chart of
0: an organization you're familiar with. What are some of the things that you start to think about? All right. So first of all, the first thing I think about is the standard mistake that managers have that the org chart is received from God, and it's a perfect chart that is (laughs) an accurate representation of what should be. In fact, org charts are not built that way. They're built in static, and then they gradually metastasize based on every individual choice that's made, and every individual choice is a trade-off about where a person should be and who he or she should report to and so on. And they're essentially what, what is known as satisficing. It's not optimizing, it's satisficing. We're going to put him in there. We understand it's not perfect, but there's no perfect anywhere in the org chart. The problem is you end up with a whole, when you look at it in total, it's a mess. And nobody intended it to be for a mess, but you made all these choices that were 70% effective or 55% effective you multiply that by 500 and you you literally have a mess you've got one manager with 18 employees who's actually not that good a manager you've got your best manager who's people lover who's got four You've got one guy working for a guy who has 15 direct reports, who could easily be a number two, but he's never been given, because the guy's such a bad manager, he hasn't given him additional responsibility. Okay. You've got a guy who's got experience in two areas. He's working in one that used to be important, but is now less so. And his other skill is in an area of real importance, but he doesn't work in that area. And he talks to them a lot, and he offers to help, but he's he works in the wrong area. You could almost go through and block, blight block, go, uh, yeah, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. Mm-hmm. And 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 I would think the key for me, as I looked at that, I'd have to go, whoa, time out. Because I don't want to do necessarily a full reorg. I don't want to throw all the blocks up in the air and come back down. It could be, could be. Yeah. But I know what I start looking at is all my key people. And I'm going to find out whether or not the people around them are organized to help that key person be effective.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if I were, if if you were just speaking there and I was throwing insights down on the table. It would be right. like the old SNL skit, like cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you there were know, four you five talked of about, them there. Yeah. You talked about, you know, people with too large a span of control, people struggling in their role, somebody who's your top manager who has more capacity. You talked right. about um number twos that could do more. Yeah. You talked about imbalances. Yeah. Imbalance. Okay. Yeah. Each one of these is uh, an insight that I would throw on the table. And then you already have me, and, and you have me juggling all my other documents because I would reach over and grab my roles and responsibilities and say, Yeah, let me look at the roles and responsibilities of the team with four versus the team with 11. Yeah. Maybe I can change that. Yeah. Also, we have succession plans here. Oh my goodness. Oh. Who, who's got a real backup? Who doesn't? You know, there's Bill on my accounting technology team who's been there for 20 years with three high potential people
0: who have been working for him for 18 years. Okay. Oh so and maybe, and they're pro- after eighteen years. They are assuming that nothing will ever happen <laughs> to them. I mean, eighteen well, laugh, but time. I know. But even if it's nine years or six years, if this guy's not a good boss, he's really he was really good. He was the right guy to put in charge. Yeah, but he didn't ever develop into a people developer, and it's an area that's of some important to us. Right. And everybody just looks and goes, "Well, that's the way it is." And I would argue something else. This is here's what's great about you mentioning org org chart, Dan. Most managers believe their org chart is out of their control. First of all, they're wrong. They have a great deal more ability than they think they do. Although their boss above them might be a jerk and say, "No, no, no, you can't do that. It has to get HR's approval." It do, you do not need HR's approval, folks. You do not. You're you have much more purview than you realize. But surely. Dan, you can reassure us that when you become an executive, you actually do have the purview and you could say, yeah, I'm going to rearrange this. I'm going to do this. And I don't need four people's approval. I don't need budget authority. I don't need an offsite to announce it and all that sort of stuff. Right. Absolutely. I just need to say, Hey, you four, you're now moving over to her. These six, they're going over there. Period. Yeah. yeah. I, and there's a way to roll that out from a communication oh, sure. perspective. Oh, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. But you have, ab- not only do you have the ability to do it, you have to do it. Yeah. Okay. You have to keep the organization in a state where it's continually
0: optimized without churning. Yeah. And and if you become an executive and you didn't know that, you will carry your misperception as of uh, that you had you learned as a manager, which is the org chart is not mine; it's the orgs. Right. And then you will you will create you will essentially accept the static organization, and you'll see other people doing stuff and saying, "How did she get to rearrange things in a way that was good?" You're like. And you go over and you you become friends with her. And she says, well, I just did it. Did you get in trouble? No, nobody seemed to care. And you're like, well, maybe I could do it. And now another year's gone by.
1: Yeah, sure. And and I would go a step, even a step further, Mark. I'm not only talking about the org chart that may report to me. I may look at a function that I have and say, I need to talk to a colleague. She should have this, not me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because if she does that, that frees my organization up to do these new things. And, you know, uh, we would be taking that to our executive leader, whoever that is, could be the CEO and saying, you know what? We think it makes more, more sense to organize this way.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's the type of thinking you can do. And and, and you get to that level of executive, those people are not micromanaging their 500,000 person, 500 or a thousand person organization. They're not. They're like, fine, do it. I don't care. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Get out of my office is what they're going to say. Exactly. Uh, there's a great story. I, I may have told it last, last time we recorded. There's a great story about org charts and about authority. Eisenhower is running, is, is president uh, after World War II. And he's got a guy running defense, now defense, not the War Department. And and um, he decides that he's going to put, he wants to put the Marine Corps inside the Naval Department Navy Department. And so he writes a note, handwritten note to Eisenhower saying, I'd like to move the Marine Corps into the Navy. Just want to make sure you're okay with this. Ike wrote back, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm busy running the country. Why don't you run the Department of Defense for me like I ask you to? (laughs) Right? So, you know, you actually have that authority as managers, but it'll become manifest when you're an executive and you maybe need to brief somebody, but it might... If you, heck, heck, if you work for me, if I have a 5,000 person organization and you've got a thousand people working for you and you report to me, all I need is an email saying, hey, by the way, boss, I moved some folks around. I'm like, yeah, delete. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. So you can see how just the org chart
1: and then related documents to the org chart, which are how the roles and responsibilities are divided. Yeah. The conversations you had with your directs coming into this room is related yeah. to the org chart. Okay, the, your list of relationships that you have that you're looking to yeah. invest in, you know, those are all things that are related. Success- yeah, to succession, the plan succession plans. Team. The other one, right? Exactly.
0: Uh, I think one. I'll tell you something else about succession plan. You, 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 you. I they can't see you, but you turned as if you were grabbing some succession plans off of off of your coff your living room table or your conference room table, but. Look, folks, if you don't have succession plans, that's got to be one of your insights. You got to have that at the table. If you're doing org charts, if you're thinking about a reorg and you're part of the organization, not going to lay anybody off or anything, but if you're thinking about right-sizing you know, optimizing your organization, at least for the next year, you got to have succession plans in there. You got to know who's good and who's not and what they're thinking and so on. And, and by the way, that's not that hard. You just tell all your managers, I want succession plans. Here's a, here's a format, here's a template, right? Do it. Speaking of which we probably need to share a good template for succession plans. It's so. probably a good idea.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, Mark, one of the things that really that that get, bothers me is I've run into executives that are like, oh man, I have this succession, this succession planning exercise I have to do. Look, if you're an executive, chances are, if you're any good, you're being asked for more and more and more of your time. Okay? Yep. If you don't have an idea of succession in your organization, you are going to run into trouble when you look to delegate whole ownership for some of the things yep. that you do.
0: So, you, yep. so it's not a burden to do one. It's an absolute necessity. It's, a necessity. it's your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And then once you get the first one done and you've got a rough idea, then, then you know, maybe twice a year you get together with your people and say, okay, you need to update those. How are we doing on those? And who's on track and who's not? Who's ready now? Who's ready next? Yeah. It's not hard. And, and it's part of an offsite. And you start to see who's creating
1: leaders in your organization and who isn't.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, because those are the ones. If you're not creating leaders, you ain't going anywhere. You're not, going, you're not moving up. You might get to be a director. You might even get to be a senior director. Anything above that, you ain't going anywhere if you're not creating leaders. Right. I don't know why people seem to fear creating leaders. I want, if Dan McGuire works for me, I want to promote him twice. Because first of all, if he becomes my peer, he owes me because I'm the one that made him my peer. Actually, my boss did, but he knows that I put him in place to do it. If he gets promoted again, I shouldn't feel bad that now a guy who used to work for me, I now work for, because guess what? I'm the guy who got him the promotion to be my peer. I will always be first among equals among the guys who report to Dan. If Dan gets promoted again, I will still always be the guy who gave him the first promotion. I will always have my I'm sorry to say it this way. My snout will always be in the trough first. This is, what, this is what creating leaders is. And people are like, well, I don't know. It's a race. If I promote Dan, then maybe he's better than me and maybe I lose out. You no, got to no. think about the organization, guys. And when I promote Dan, he drags me right up the org chart with him. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You want, you want to look at a good measure of success. How many leaders you created, no matter whether, whether in your company,
0: other companies, anything. It's a great pleasure. Right. That's it for part two of Executive Tools, Executive Waypoint. Come back. See you soon for part three.